Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Fins and dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side. Bounces away from a would-be from De Goyf, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shanderoel, and Earl is in again. Stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby League, Rugby League. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the SC Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Absolutely stoked to announce that today's episode is presented by Brett Oaten Solicitors. We often speak about on this podcast and... Uh, around about there about how much we all the contributors love putting the content together putting the podcast or the social media sort of stuff uh, but there's plenty of time invested in it all um, to have Brett and his firm on board is a huge show of support to us and something we're really really grateful for uh, so just to touch on that Brett runs a, a really successful law firm specializing in the entertainment media and tech industries if you need intellectual property contract or other business advice visit brettoten.com.au Brett's also happy to discuss Supercoach, his draft keeper league strategy, and provide extensive music and book recommendations, whether you like them or not. The firm's really highly regarded. The man knows his stuff, so go check him out. Guys, joining me today on the podcast is 2019 Supercoach champion Des Creek. Desi, how are you, mate? Yeah, going well, Timmy. Um, finally had a solid week, scored 1265, which I was pretty happy with, and I was happy that ITS finally scored a try, which is nice. And uh, my pod of AJ Brinson at 5'8 is working out nicely. Um, and he should make some money and be a straight swap for Munster next week. Um, yeah. I, had, I had the captain on Teddy, which is pretty underwhelming considering the scoreline of that game. But he's just having one of those runs, Tedesco, where he's just not scoring any tries, even though he's still looking really threatening um, and looking like dangerous, breaking the line here and there. But he's just not scoring tries. And that's, that's the killer. Yeah, good to hear you found a bit of form, mate. Uh, that Brimson one, you got me on for sure. Three weeks ago, you called it after his, his nice little return from injury. Um, I think he's averaging 90 over his last three games since coming back. Um, I didn't think – I thought he was capable of it. I just didn't think the Titans were good enough to allow him to do that. But, mate, he's on fire. The Raiders were all over the Titans, and he still put 90 on them. So it shows how good he is. And the fact that you can go him to Munster is serious stuff. Uh, also joining me is the Supercoach Spy. Spy, how are you, mate? G'day, fellas. Yeah, coming off a pretty good week myself. Um, finals time in the air, so this is where I like to try and get a bit of momentum. Now, watch my team unravel this week because it's been that kind of year. You have one good week and then you, you get crashed back to reality the next week. But, yeah, it's shaping up pretty well, boys. I held um, Jerome Luai for those couple of weeks while Munster was out, and I was very, very happy to see him turn up against the uh, somewhat hapless Sharks defensively anyway on the weekend. So that was huge, and, yeah, managed to score 12.66. So it's going all right at the moment. I did bring in Stafford Toa, who managed to get HIA in the first half, and 
probably may have got a try or two in the second half as well when ball went his way. But that that's super coaches. Ups and downs, you ride them high. Um, and, yeah, looking forward to the week ahead. Got a couple of trades up my sleeve, and I can actually use them this week. So pretty exciting, boys. Um, how about yourself, Tim? Nicely done, mate. The, uh, it's not very often that all three of us on the same podcast have had a good week, but this week we've done it. Kudos to us. The Mighty Kuma Stallions, 13, uh, 1,316 points into 22nd overall. Um, so creeping up there a little bit, had a, a 10-place jump this week. Um, look, I'm in no position to be bitter or sour about things. I've had a good run this year. I've had, you know, no one's had much luck this year, but I've probably had a bit more than most people. I did trade out. When SJ was ruled out, um, I did a panic trade last minute, which I haven't done all year. I've stayed composed. I brought in Cody Walker as a pod, which meant that I didn't play Luai, who I had on my bench. Um, obviously, Luai went big. Cody was only about 50. How the Bunnies put 50 points on the Seagulls and Cody only got 50 points in that, I have no idea. Um, but I had Madison and Mansell, who both went big for me. So, as I said, you, you can't be too bitter about it. You're not going to get every call go your way. Um Jumping into just a really quick one on the topic this week, we're a little bit short on time tonight, so we won't dwell on it for too much, but uh, there was an an interesting point that came across during the week. I I was speaking to my brother, Sammy Williams, down at the Raiders, and Sam's been in the the 21-man squad sort of all season but can't get a run. Um, We've got obviously Georgie Williams and Jackie White in there just on a tear playing some serious, serious footy. Um, I said... Mate, what happens if, if one of these plays goes down come finals time or first or second week of finals? Is your, is your fitness going to be there to, to play 80 minutes of footy in their NRL in a finals game? And he sort of said he thinks he'll be all right. He thinks he's definitely fit enough for it. But, you know, you bring in the, uh, the new style of game with the, the set six again rule and all that sort of stuff. Um, and the fact that, you know, a new guy coming in, the opposition is going to target them hard out. He'll be making probably 30 tackles as a small halfback. It's going to be hard work, which leads me to my point, uh, and it's players getting rested in the back end of the year, which coincides with the head-to-head Supercoach finals, uh, and you get the idea that players, because there's no New South Wales Cup, no Queensland Cup this year for these guys to get runs, Teams that are locked into sort of first, second, third position um, can't make a jump to maybe the minor premiership or aren't going to fall out of the top four. Uh, And then vice versa, teams like the Raiders, who very well with a week or two to go might not be in range of the top four, um, depending how things work out. Um, They're going to... They're definitely going to be resting players. Um, you know, it might be Josh Papali's at the Raiders. Um, I took a look at a few sides, and it's, it's sides like the Panthers, the Eels, the Storm, the Rabbitohs, the Sharks. So, you know, these key supercoach players, Josh Mansour, Isaiah Yo, Gutho, Ryan Madison with his head knocks, um, Junior Paulo, who hasn't must, missed too much action this year, Cook SJ, um, all these guys who could easily be getting rest at some point um, in the next few weeks and particularly more so the last two weeks of the year. What I'm getting at is that if you do find yourself trying to make a decision between a couple of players and you can't split them, have a look at guys that you think might get rested this year because more so than any other year, coaches going to be resting players purely to give blokes inside the 21 um, a bit of match fitness should they be required come finals time. Um, Spy, I'll throw to you. I've talked enough. Is there anyone who comes to mind for you and, and what are your thoughts on the whole situation? 
Yeah, I just want to – you've hit the nail on the head there, mate. I haven't had a huge look at specific players. Um, obviously, if they're already in your team, there's there's not much you can do about it. Blokes like Nathan Cleary, who everyone owns, must be a huge chance at a rest. So what you then have to have a look at is what you're going to do if he does get rested. At the moment, I've got Jake Avarillo sitting in, in behind him at halfback. Um, so if it was to be this week, for example, I would have no one to play. So there's two options there. You keep a trade up your up your sleeve, a couple of trades up the sleeve for those last few weeks of footy. That's always huge. If you can do that, then you really need to be able to because then you can swap Cleary out if it's the last round or, or whatever it may be. The other option as well, though, if you don't have trades or you're low on trades, is just to get rid of the dead wood on your bench as much as possible. I moved on the hammer on the weekend, which means my bench, I've got three guys who I don't mind and I sort of – I'd back them to score 25 or 30 minimum with upside, so – at man's worst case, you can take that auto-emergency of 30-plus and hope for a 50 if you absolutely need it, if there's any laid outs. Mm. Uh, you don't really want someone like Hammer or one of those guys who might come off the bench and score six points coming on and ruining that auto-emergency. So bear that in mind, and you've just got to hope that players don't get rested too much. But as you said, it's bound to happen. It makes sense tactically for NRL coaches. The other one is, and I've just considered this now, is blokes you're going to bring in. So someone like, okay, I'm bringing back Ryan Madison this year. I had him all year, sold him when he got concussed. There is a question mark on bringing those guys back in. Someone like Madison is probably too good to sort of bypass, but if it, if it's not an absolute elite guy, then maybe you jump to a bloke who you think may not get rested if they're in the similar bracket. Mm-hmm. There's just something to consider for everyone. It mm-hmm. probably won't happen for a few weeks. I mean, it could, but I think once that top four and top eight is, is really locked, that's when you'll see this potentially happening especially for sides like Penrith for me who have had a great year. They can really afford to rest blokes. Um, And the other thing I'll add quickly is if someone's come back from injury or a few weeks off, they're probably far less likely to get rested. So Madison, what, he have a week or two off? Hopefully he will play the last four or five weeks, so he's in prime form for the finals. But, yeah, it'll be very interesting. It could impact up the top pretty heavily, absolutely. Yeah, um, really good shouts there, mate. I'm I'm banking. I really am. The more and more look at it, the more I look at it. There's going to be plenty of rest come the end of the year. Um, to who? I've no idea, but it is going to cause absolute carnage, uh, guys. For anyone new to SC Playbook, we do have a subscription package available for anyone interested. Check it out on the site for extra weekly content um, to help you through the head-to-head finals. Uh, if you're more into the podcast side of things and would like to support in some sort of way, we do have a donation tab in the article uh, which holds the podcast, so check that out if, if you're in a position to do that. Otherwise, no dramas at all. Let's get into the round 16 teams, and I've just gone through them um, with a like a microscope because there is so, so many changes and some really big ones. We'll start on Thursday night, 7.50 p.m. at Bankwest Stadium. It's the Eels against the Rabbitohs. At the Eels, Andrew Davey replaces the suspended Murata Nakora on the bench. At the Rabbitohs, centre Dane Gagai returns in place of Stephen Masters. Wilson Carlos will be happy his man Dane Gagai is back. Alex Johnson is out with Corey Allen on the wing. Liam Knight returns on the bench in place of Kurt Dillon. Uh, I'll start with you, Desi. Um, any interest in this clash? Yeah, I mean, South certainly looked like an informed team when they batted Manly last week, didn't they? So. But I, I just don't think – I'm not convinced that left-hand spread they do is just going to get through the Eels' right edge defense of Maddo and Moses so easily as they did Manly. So I'm actually expecting a pretty low-scoring encounter. I think teams in the top eight will really want to show their sort of defensive prowess heading into the last few weeks against other top teams. Um, in saying that, I'm, I'm bringing in Maddo. I'm doing what Spy's doing. 
Um, I think he's he's just been killing me with those massive scores. He's making a ton of tackles, looking very dangerous in attack with the offloads. Um, and for South, I think Latrell may have finally hit his straps and could be could very well be a center wing keeper for the run home. Um, he just seems to be finally running off his teammates. The combinations with Cook, Walker, A-Ray, um, he's warming to that fullback role of throwing passes to his outside backs in attack, which is just so crucial. And I think he may very well be the top averaging center wing in the last five rounds of the comp. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's so much Supercoach interest in this game. Um, and Latrell's definitely one to consider and one that I was looking at. The only issue is I think this clash with Parramatta is going to be really tough on him. They then play the Storm, who have got all these troops back. I'd be looking at bringing in Rabideau's players in a fortnight's time. They come up against the Tigers and the Bulldogs. Um, and then the Roosters, who could very well be resting players in round 20, although maybe they won't do it the week leading into the finals. But, um, yeah, for those Bunnies players, I'd be looking more for a fortnight's time. Uh, you touched on Maddo. He had his second highest base on the weekend. Um, you know, it was a t- toughish game, pretty tough game against the Storm. He had some attacking stats, but his base was something like 56. So just an absolute weapon. And you'd think he'd have to be a massive, uh, probably the number one target for Jason Taumalolo. Um, Spy, what have you seen? Yeah, I probably agree with most things there, boys. Um, Latrell's an interesting one. I'm, I certainly wouldn't back him to be the highest scoring centre, but he could start to get up there a little bit just with confidence. We know we know what kind of player he is. The the weekend, even though they absolutely slaughtered Manly, it would have just got him a bit of groove and confidence to do his do his thing. So, yeah, look, he's someone to take a look at. I haven't had a good look at the South draw. You just mentioned it, but yeah, you sort of want to take that into account a little bit. But Latrell could be a bit of a decent player at the moment. Desi's boy Sean Lane's playing some good footy, Desi. He's um five round average of sixty nine, running the ball very well. And I don't know what this means or how sad this makes me, but I had a dream last night he crashed through and he's look looking to link up with my boy Sevo and he threw a dummy and ran over the top of the fullback. <laughs> so I was absolutely filthy. But he's a kind of like he's playing well outside Brown. So it could be like a real real potty type target with the Eels run home. Um, there is risk involved because he may not have the the ceiling of other guys, but I don't hate it as a shout. He gets plenty of ball, easy run home. You can see what happens there. The other one, speaking of, Sevo, he's so cheap now, and he actually ran the ball quite well the last two weeks, which he hadn't been doing, and he'll get a bit of confidence back. They are at Bank West again, which is enormous for Sevo. Gee, he can score a try there in that left corner. Um, and over to the Bunnies quickly, Damon Cook played really well last week. Again, easier game. They carved him up, but it's just that confidence thing. He started running the ball. When he did it a few times, he did it some more. So maybe that translates over this week to really get him back to his best because I think the Bunnies need that absolutely vitally. And importantly, he was taking contact. He was happy to get tackled. So that's the difference between your elite Damien Cook and just your solid Damien Cook in both Supercoach and Real Footy for mine. And Cam Murray got flipped to the left centres last week. He's, his problem for me at the moment is he keeps getting changed any time there's a HIA or an injury just because he's so versatile. But in saying that, he's sort of doing an okay job. And if you can keep down that lock roll and there's no injuries mid-game this week, I just want to see what he can do, boys, with um, a full game in the middle or 65 minutes, whatever it may be. Uh, but I can understand if you wanted to, to move him on at this stage. Yeah, there's been injuries absolutely everywhere there, and it's killed him. Yeah, I said, just want to see what he can do at lock for 60, 65 minutes sort of thing. Um, hopefully it's this week. And just on Sevo, uh, I think people looking for a fifth centre wing this week, I mean, I don't think there'll be people with the luxury of doing that this week with all the injuries. But um, after this week against the Rabbitohs, 
the Eels come up against the Warriors, Panthers, Broncos, and then Tigers. Um, and Sevo's a guy that you'd, you could very easily play in three of those four clashes. So if you do need a fifth centre wing, I think he's the perfect man for the job. Moving on to the Dragons versus Titans, Friday 6pm at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium. At the Dragons, Jackson Ford and Billy Britton replace Corbin Sims and Paul Vaughan. Uh, Vaughan is suspended for the match. At the Titans, <clears throat> Ash Taylor returns in the halves with Tarna Boyd dropping to the reserves. Tyrone Peachy starts at lock for the suspended Mo Fodawaka with Aaron Clark recalled to the bench. Mitch Rain replaces Nathan Peets at hooker and Bo Firma, the, the cheapie, uh, the AE emergency not so much anymore to a degree, uh, starts in the second row with Keegan Hipgrave reverting to the pine. Anthony Don is a chance of returning after being named in the number 21. Um, Des, I'll get your thoughts here. And the, a guy that I was talking a little bit about in my um, squad breakdown today was Ben Hunt, who I didn't mind. There's a little pot at half back there with the Dragons' nice run. Um, but Billy Britton being named on the interchange bench, likely to cut into a few minutes of Ben Hunt. Um, if the Dragons get out to a lead, can you see this impacting Cam McInnes maybe? Um, maybe. I'm not entirely sure. But I, I, I still think Ben Hunt and McInnes will score well in this game. Just I think the Dragons should come over the top of them, but you really can't count the Titans out in any of these games right now because they're just playing with nothing to lose. Um. Yeah, I, we touched on Brimston earlier. He's, I think he's had eight line breaks in the last three weeks, which is just insane. Probably. Brian Kelly's been in form at left centre. I like him as a pod. Um, but, yeah, I think the Dragons just have too much class. I think Hunt will only get spelled for maybe 15 minutes max, maybe even 10 minutes max. Um, so he should still get a massive score. The Titans allow a fair bit of space out of dummy half, and I think um, Hunt and McGuinness will exploit it nicely. Um, I'm actually predicting Lomax will get moderately shut down in this one, but he should still score pretty solidly. But I wouldn't expect 100-plus from him in this game. Mate, that is music to my ears, if you're right. I do not own Lomax. I've been publicly uh, death-riding him every week since I sold him. Uh, it hasn't worked real well. So if he can go low in this, in fact, if he went sub-90, I think I'd take it. Um, Spy, any interest in this game? I'm the same as you, mate. I've got no no Zachy Lomax at the moment, and we got through last week okay. He got, what, 68 versus Brisbane, which is a minor miracle up at Suncorp, the way they're going. <laughs> so they've got um, – they'd have the Cowboys and the Titans in the next couple of weeks, so it's going to be a nervous watch unless – I've actually got a spare trade this week up the sleeve. Maybe I bring him in, but he'll be a very nervous viewing. Hopefully they go the other way or the Titans shape up defensively out wide. Not much to add in this game. AJ Brimson, as we said, is playing some good footy. I'm a big fan of him as a player. I was actually going to start the year with him at 5'8 um, until he hurt his back, so he's an interesting one for next season and moving forward. He's bloody electric, but, yeah, nothing much to add outside of that. Roosters v Broncos, Friday, 7.55pm at the Sydney Cricket Ground. At the Roosters, Boyd Cordner and Daniel Tupu, two huge inclusions. Matic Avalu and Daniel Fafita are out with Nat Butcher dropping to the bench. At the Broncos, Anthony Milford is out with Sean O'Sullivan at 5.8 for his first game of the year. Corey Pack starts at hooker for the suspended Isaac Luke with Brodie Croft earning a recall on the interchange. Um, Desi, there's, the Roosters are getting some players back. We know um, that they, they sort of taper towards finals and they peak at the back end of the year. Um, it sort of forced them into it this year more than anything because of all their injuries they had, but they're getting some players back. Um, and guys like Brett Morris, who's back there and semi-affordable now, um, you know, James Tedesco, who looks like a captaincy option again. Daniel Tupu was a pod. Got to be looking at a few of these guys. 
Yeah, you'd have to be mad to think the Roosters aren't going to give the Broncos an absolute beatdown in this game. Um, and you'd have to be a very, very brave man not to captain James Tedesco in this one. Um, we all know he's due, and the Broncos are just the perfect team to play yourself back into form against. Um, you, you mentioned Brent Morris. I think he's a serious option as well. He just keeps finding the try line, and you have to just back someone in of his caliber to just keep doing it. Um, I'm personally going to be bringing in Talcai Aho this week. Um, his minutes are very good right now. In fact, he played 80 last week, and his base stats are bloody exceptional. Um, for the Broncos, there's not much to like other than Carrigan, Staggs, and Fafita. I guess Staggs and Fafita, the combo seems to be working pretty well. They can both create sort of something out of nothing, even when the Broncos are getting hammered on the scoreboard, which keeps them super coach relevant, I guess. But yeah, the, the Roosters are an absolute feast. Yeah. Brett Morris is a guy that I'm really looking like bringing him in this week. Fortunately, my side's set up well enough. Um, I've been looking at maybe antipodding Nofaluma. Uh, now I'm thinking that I can hold, I can go Mitch Orbison to um, Brett Morris um, and bench Nofaluma this week. So I'm in a pretty good position there. Um, but B Moz, I mean, he's played what? Not that many games. He played 11 games this year. He already has four tons. He came back from injury with a ton on the weekend. You know, he could do anything to this Broncos outfit this weekend. We know he can go big. Um, Spy, a bit to talk about here. We've touched on most of it, but a guy I do want to get your thoughts on who I reneged on buying last week because of the SJ injury, but um, David Fafida uh, didn't score real well on the weekend. Where does he sit in your second row pecking order? Because with Jason Tamalolo out, obviously a lot of people are going to be looking at him uh, and the Broncos have a brutal run home. Yeah, I don't think – I'm not too terrified of the run for Fafita because he's just that good that he'll find attacking stats when he gets any sort of semi-quality ball. I did bring him in last week, and over the first sort of half hour, him and Staggs just didn't see much ball. Um, in fact, the whole first half, they barely saw it. It just doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that if you make any sort of yards up the middle, then shift it straight to the edges to Fafita and Stags and see what they could do. Where, else, five, you Where else are you going that side? There's nowhere to go other than Stags and Fafita. Put it like this, if you're in a New South Wales or international side, you'd go straight to those two, let alone the Brisbane Broncos of yeah. 2020. So, and they just, it's so frustrating. As Like I play halfback in footy. There's just common sense things. Get the players who are good in your side when you get a bit of space, get them some ball. And there was a couple of times they made a bit of ground on the left then they come back to the middle and take a prop hit up and then they'd kick it long on the last tackle. I'm like, Boys, shift it to your edges where you've got strike. It was so frustrating, but... Um, I do think they started to pick it up in the second half. Feeder had about 11 or 12 runs in that second half, which is huge. So if he can keep any sort of work rate up, I think he's a great target because, as we know, it doesn't really matter who's in front of him. If you can get any sort of space, he's a chance of tackle bus, offloads, tries, all the rest. So I'd be happy to own him, and I'm pretty happy I bought him. It also makes Brisbane games very exciting, just having Feeder in my side. Um Outside of that, little shout-out to Tommy Dearden. What a little goer he is. Um, he's not Supercoach relevant at this stage of his career, but he just kept attacking the line, attacking the line. He got rewarded with a try. So there is some young talent up at Brisbane, and as much as I grew up not liking them as a New South Wales boy, I think some of those young guys who have really put in this year deserve probably a little bit of bit of success moving forward. But outside of that, boys, BMOZ is the big question of the week, as you said. I think I can afford to ring him in. But 
because I'm low on trades, I'm just not sure if I want to make a one-week run on Brett Morris when I could get someone like a Johnny Bateman instead. So I've got a decision to make there. I was going to bring in Angus Crichton. I've had a target on him ever since he got hurt. I owned him previously, and I just think he's a superstar pod to end the year, but he can't get it back in the bloody side. So I'll either hold a trade or maybe go to Bateman or Brett Morris, but Mate, he could up at it's not at Suncorp this week, sorry, but he could be anything if Brisbane fall away. My goodness. Yeah, if you are if you're looking for a super pod for the run home when he comes back from injury, uh, we might need to start considering Anthony Milford now that the spies dish some uh, half back to half back playmaking <laughs> advice. Um, I know Milford will be listening now to this podcast and he'll be taking it on board, so look out for Milford on the return home. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the Warriors and Knights, 3 p.m. on Saturday at Scully Park in Tamworth, getting a bit of footy back to the bush in a year where we didn't think it would happen. That is unreal stuff. At the Warriors, Chanel Harris-Tavita returns from a week off in place of Paul Turner. Elias Katoa is back and starting in the second row with Isaiah Papali'i dropping to the reserves. At the Knights, big supercoach news with Mason Lino coming in at 5'8 after the season-ending injury to the late-season recruit Blake Green. Uh, this likely means that Caelan Ponga doesn't kick goals because he's not hitting them well anyway. Um, Starford Toa has been named despite failing a HIA, which a fair few people brought in last week. Uh, the Spy was one of them, so good news for him. Um, Desi, any interest in this clash? Yeah, I think ITS versus Ponga is the main matchup I'll be looking at in this one. I mean, Ponga was kept... Fairly quiet, you'd have to say, last week. So I expect him to bounce back, even if he doesn't have the goal kicking. Um, in saying that, the Warriors have been playing solidly over the last month or so. Tavonga and Tohu just been holding up that middle third really nicely. So Ponga and Man might actually um, struggle to get through the middle. So they'll have to look to the edges, I'd say, um, which could be big for guys like Barnett. Um, I know a lot of people are thinking of him as a pod, but... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go against that Warriors forward park. Yeah, there's so much going on at the Knights. Kurt Mann, um, I've, I've had him all season. I, I don't think it really matters where he plays for his scoring because he obviously jags a few more attacking stats when he's at 5'8", but um, I do like his base at, at hooker and I do think he can still jag the attacking stats to go with it. So I'm glad he's been named at hooker. Uh, I went um, Papali over Clemmer last week. Clemmer's on a tear, three-game average of, you know, late 70s there somewhere. Um, we'll get to Papali later. Um, and I suppose the other one Spy to talk about is Jazz Tavanga, who played up to 60 minutes last week. We saw Tohu drop down to about 63 minutes off the top of my head. Um, you know, Jazz playing those minutes, I think he scored, what was it, about 83 points in that time. Um, beast. Yeah, mate, I'm a jazz owner and minutes have been up and down, so it's just tricky to tell if that's going to occur again this weekend. Obviously, rotations at most sides can can differ, and especially at the Warriors, so probably worth just holding on there and see if he can get to continue that form because his points per minute and the way he plays the game is so conducive to supercoach points, so hopefully Jazzy can finish the year strong. Um, Barnett's an interesting one. He's going bloody well. Um with Crossland on the bench, what's it's a three forward bench for the Knights, so you'd have to think his minutes will be up there again. And he's just he's one of their better players at the moment. He busted the line late last week with just a massive effort play. So those are the things that all it should keep you on the field as much as possible. Kurt Mann, mate. Since he's gone to hooker, I'd love to own him again. He um, mm. makes a heap of tackles. He still runs just as much. He loves taking the line on. He offloads a bit, um, and he doesn't mind a short ball either. So Trice should be coming his way through the back end of the year. Um, <clears throat> obviously, Lino's the big one. He almost will certainly take the goal kicking off Ponga. 
he did last year, and Ponga hit him well last year. I had a look. Ponga hit him at 82% or something last year, and Lino still kicked in front of him when he played. So with Ponga having a bit of trouble with the boot of late, you'd have to think Lino kicks. I did some numbers. Ponga, without the goal kicking, if you take away his goal kicking points this year, averaged or has averaged 72.5. So it's still, it's still elite. And if you have a look at the form he's starting to hit, as well as the Newcastle run home, there's no reason that he still can't average 80 or 90 if things go his way but obviously it just begs a little question without that goal kicking in tighter matches if there are any low scoring ones there isn't quite the the safety net of the goal kicking but yeah it'd be interesting to see i'm a little bit disappointed because i thought he might be a shot at cracking the 200 as the year goes on if the knights could fire but without the goal kicking that might be a bit of an ask but yeah and david clammy mentioned quickly mate he's on fire yeah, um, every run is over two metres. He, his go forward is so good and he's added his offload in, so I've enjoyed owning him of late. Yeah, really good stat that on. Ponga's yeah, average without the goal kicking, still at 72. So, again, you'd be a fool to think trading him's not in this week, um, but potentially it definitely impacts his captaincy uh, and whether you want to throw the C on him, definitely a bit of a risk in that now. Uh, Mitchie Barnett, there was a lot of questions for him. I wrapped him last week and had a, had a good look at him, except he's in the second row position, which is so stacked. But now that Taumalolo's gone down, he becomes even more of an option. Last week, 35 tackles, 18 runs, three offloads, four tackle busts, and a line break. He's basically ticked every key category there you want from a player in the entire 80 minutes for the second week in a row. So, look, if you're looking at Mitch Barnett, I'm, I really like him as an option. Let's get on to our bold predictions of the week. It is that time again. Uh, we'll recap last week's. This is my favourite time of week, recapping the Spies' bold predictions. We start with Ponga and Cleary to combine for 230. That was a fail. Not Stephen far off. Clayton, not <laughs> far off, but we're not here for not far off. We want winners. <laughs> I've been not far off 10-league Maldives plenty of times in the past, but I've got nothing out of it, so there we are. <laughs> Stephen Crichton, 90-plus, fail. Stafford Toa, 85-plus, fail. He did go off with a HIA, but he was on track not to get there anyway. No, he would have scored a hat-trick, 100%. Please. SJ sub-50, that was void because he was ruled out. Mate, spot on. Uh, Pay up. Yeah. Look, <laughs> I, I, I continued to carry us with two out of three correct. SJ sub-50, that came through. Jerome Hughes sub-50, that came through. Um, you know, there's no there's no T's and C's that apply to this. They didn't play and they didn't get 50, so I don't care. So uh, just to clarify, I, just to clarify, it didn't count for me, but it does for you. <laughs> yeah. Who runs this show, mate? Yeah, it's tough, Who's but right? fair. Yeah. Uh, and then Ponga, 120 plus, which was a fail. Uh, I was really confident he would, but um, without going into it, they just didn't want to give him the ball in the opposition 20, and then they did it with a minute to go, and he set up a try. Who'd have guessed? Uh, Walson, not much better on his first crack of the year, so he, he fit the mould really well. Lomax, 100-plus, fail. Toto slash Penrith right winger, which ended up being Naden, 100-plus, fail. Dufty, 100-plus, fail. He did get one. Cody Nicarima, 85-plus. That was a win. He got 100, um, and that was, that was a bold prediction that he pulled off well, so I'll give him that. Um, lads, let's see if we can do a bit better this week. I'll start with you, Des. What have you got for us? All right, I'm going Teddy 130-plus against the Broncos. I mean, I, I feel like that's pretty bold, even just just because he hasn't been scoring tries, but yeah. Uh, number two, I'm going Lomax sub-70 against the Titans. And finally, I'm going Fergo finally scores his first try of the season against Souths and scores 70-plus. 
Mate, you'll be happier than Fergo if Fergo scores his first try of the season, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, I don't know why I keep introducing myself, my tips after Dez's, because Dez's are so bold, they just make mine look stupid. Um, I had Teddy 120 plus, so not far off your Desi, but a little bit down. Uh, Nofaluma sub 50, which is, again, probably more wishful thinking, but Nofa was on track for, I think, 40 points, and then he scored that late try and line break, which saved his score. Uh, and then I've got Stephen Crichton and Josh Mansell to combine for 200 plus this weekend. What do you got, Spy? Boys, I don't really know. Um, <laughs> I'm in crisis in the old bold predictions, so just having <laughs> a look here. I'm going to go Sivo to get a double back at Bankwest on a Thursday night. Rabbits are a little bit streaky out wide, so two for Sivo. Two, two tries, that is, not two points, hopefully. <laughs> um, I'm going to go 300-plus between three guys, Cleary, Cam Smith, and James Tedesco, three elite guys in Supercoach, all to combine and step up this weekend for their respective owners. So 300-plus between the three of them. And I'm just trying to have a think about one of the, the sub-scores that we do. I don't want to do a Tim Williams one of like sub-50 for Hughes, who's done that about eight times this year already. So how about we go Brett Morris to score under 70. I think Ooh. it could go one of two ways. It'll be Brett Morris 170 or he might go under. Um, you know what? It's bold. I'm just going to throw it out in. there. But what I, let's, let's just be really – this is actually important. Not joking for a second. Don't let that steer you clear of bringing in Brett Morris because this is bold predictions. We have a bit of fun here. He's still a hell of a trade-in if you want to target him, and I may well bring him in myself, but I've been forced into throwing something out here. So sub-70, and we'll see how that goes next week, boys. Yeah, I'll be b this week by the looks of it. Um, as mentioned earlier, we are really, really excited to welcome Brett Oaten Solicitors as our sponsor for the podcast. Uh, I did touch on it earlier, but Brett provides intellectual property and business advice to the entertainment, media, and startup industries. For more than 20 years, Australia's leading entrepreneurs and creatives have relied on Brett and his team to help their business grow. If you wanted to discuss Brett's services, contact him through brettoten.com.au. You can see a list of his clients there. Um, has some serious clients behind him, uh, bands like Cold Chisel, Powderfinger, Lord. Um, that's just scratching the surface of his music clientele, um, as mentioned that. But he does offer service in many areas. Music's just one of them, so go and check them all out. More um, so, there's a special discount for SC Playbook listeners. Um, so happy days. That's absolute gold. Along with being a trusted legal advisor, Brett's a lifelong rugby league fan and super coach fanatic. So get in contact if you're after the legal advice in that department or just need a confidence boost for your super coach game. Guys, let's jump into the Sharks and Cowboys clash and continue on with the round 16 teams. Uh, they're playing Netstrata Jubilee Stadium again, Saturday, 530 at the Sharks, Connor Tracy replaces Matt Moylan at 5'8". Sean Johnson is a huge inclusion at halfback in place of Braden Trindle. Braden Hamlin-Newelli starts, moving Toby Rudolph to lock. Scott Sorensen to the bench. Britton Nakora returns in the back row, pushing CSC for Talakai to the interchange. Uh, that's a huge blow for those who bought in Talakai last week. A couple of big blows for Talakai. And it was last week when SJ was ruled out. That hammered any chance of him scoring well, and now he's been benched this week, so he's a non-playing 17s. At the Cowboys, Val Holmes returns from an ankle injury on the wing and Murray Tuolagi is in at centre. Hamiso, Tabue, Fido and Tom Opacic are out. Dion Assi returns at 5'8 in place in, in place of Ben Hampton. Francis Milo starts a prop with Josh Maguire moving to lock for Jason Taumalolo. Heaps going on there. None of it's overly super coach relevant. 
Um, Des, basically just your thoughts on the on the Sharks. Yeah, like you said, there's no real interest in this game at all for me. No. I, I don't have a I don't have a single player here, but I just think the Sharks will probably overcome the Cowboys forward pack without Tamalolo. So some of the Sharks outside backs might be in for a few points with SJ Buck. Um, I was going to say someone like Talakai would have a field day, but he's on the bench, so maybe Nakora yeah. um, might came, yeah. come back fresh and put some points on. You just don't know. That's a hammer blow from uh, Talakai owners. I'm glad we're not one of them, but yeah, I'm with you. I think he could have scored really, really well in this game in 80 minutes running off SJ. Um, Spy, any thoughts for you? Just with you, boys, there's not much to add here. Um, it's probably one of those games to put a, a little same game multi on because Supercoach-wise, there's not a lot of interest. Obviously, Sean Johnson is uh, is huge and, mate, even footy-wise, it's not even that important for the eight except probably the Sharks fans out there and any sides around there will probably need them to lose, Tigers fans and the like. So not a whole lot to look at. Talakai is just a massive blow for owners. I was so close to ringing him in last week and I can't even remember why, but I couldn't for some reason. Someone else was a late withdrawal, so I've dodged a bullet there because he looked like a serious buy and I'm really surprised he's gone back to the bench. Um, he must have missed some tackles last week because he's great at attack, but maybe his lateral movement wasn't quite that good. But yeah, we can pretty much skip through this one, boys, I think. Panthers v Tigers, Saturday, 7.35pm at Panthers Stadium. Heaps going on at the Panthers, like a team that hasn't had too many injuries or issues this year. <coughs> Viliami Kikau is suspended, and hooker Appy Corosau has a calf injury. Massive blow that for owners who brought him in a couple of weeks ago. Moses Leota starts at prop with James Fisher-Harris moving to lock and Isaiah Yo to an edge, with Billy Burns called up on the bench and Mitch Kenny at dummy half. Brian Toor makes his comeback from an ankle injury on the wing with Brent Naden shifting to centre. Tyrone May to the bench and Dane Laurie dropping to, to 18th man. At the Tigers, Harry Grant returns from a knee injury at hooker with Jacob Little dropping to the bench and Josh Reynolds dropped. Alex Twelve starts at lock with Matt Eisenhuth reverting to the pine. Tom McKayley starts at prop with Russell Packer dropped and Sean Bloor recalled on the bench. Um, some fairly significant supercoach changes there. I'll quickly touch on Harry Grant in that I wouldn't be looking to bring him in for Appy Corusau at the moment uh, because Jacob Little's been pretty good on return from injury and he's been named on the bench. So by the looks of it, maybe 60 to 65 minutes for Grant, which is a huge issue. Uh, and just the other one at Penrith is Kurt Capel, who's been named in the reserves, which is just a watch as far as the minutes of Isaiah Yogo going forward, but probably not too much of a concern. Um, Desi, what are your thoughts on this game? bit going on and Brian Totter is a point of interest for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, I really like him um, on the right wing, but I guess we just have to talk about the man of the moment again, Nathan Cleary. Um, there's just no way of shutting him down when he's on, and he's been on for about the last two months straight. Uh, his kicking game has just gone to a next level, really, in the last few weeks. Um, those little short kicks to the likes of Crichton and Naden, it's just been an all-round feast of supercoach points if you have Penrith players and what I will say is they seem to be able to distribute the points fairly evenly across the whole back line. So you're never really worried if you own more than two or three Penrith center wing and super coach. Um, you can, you'd be perfectly happy owning both Crichton, Mansour and Yeo. And Mansour, he's just been fantastic. He was so good last week. He's no doubt a keeper till the end now. Um, for the Tigers, I still think Nofo's a hold. I know people attempted to anti-pot him. But he just keeps scoring tries and busting tackles. And for me, it's just a very dangerous move where the risk outweighs the reward if you try and antipod him. 
Yeah, it is. I think it's a massive risk as well. Um, you know, if you're in a position maybe to bench him for a game like this, so be it. But far out, you, you've got to be pretty well placed for that. I think he, he has said he, he'll be bust tackles. He'll have 20 runs a game. So, you know, throw a try on top of it and you're laughing. Spy? Boys, you could make a case for the whole back line of Penrith to be owned. They've got a great run home. I personally already own Cleary, Lua, Crichton and Mansour. I was very happy I bought in Mansour and Crichton a few weeks ago. They're just such a target on that left edge. And with their run home, there's just some really easy points on offer. Dylan Edwards was, Ed was the only one you probably couldn't own because fullback's so strong. Otherwise, he would be an option. Um, to, oh, tell you what, do I make it four Penrith guys in the centres? Because that right edge for Penrith – Early in the year, they weren't getting a lot of footy. It was going all left, but now the balance is quite strong there, and the right wingers have been scoring a lot of points. Add in Brian Toll's running base tackle busts. He could be a huge target. Um, something I'll have to have a think about because it's getting to that stage of the year where you don't have a lot of time to, to watch for a week or two and make decisions. Sometimes you've just got to make a gut call and have a crack at it. So he's a huge target for anyone that may want him. Um, very, very good young player. Um, outside of that, over to the Tigers, Harry Grant definitely don't buy because you'd have to think now there are a couple of games out of the eight that they'll want to get little some footy, um, even if it's 20 minutes or something like that. But probably, like, if you already own him, I could understand giving him a week because if they can get a win and results go their way, they're still in the hunt for, for that top eight. But another loss this week could see Jacob Little getting extended minutes over the next month. And my question mm-hmm. for you boys is Luciano Leilua, I've owned him all year, and as we've discussed, I've planned to sell him. But even last week, he didn't have a great game, made a couple of unlucky errors, but he went from 15 to 50 in the second half just through work rate. And I'm wondering if he might be a hold for another week. I'll probably move him on, I think, for someone like a Bateman or maybe a Brett Morris, one of these really high upside guys. But there's a case to be made to hold the trade and knowing how carnage this season has been, just keeping that extra trade up the sleeve could prove pretty valuable late in the season. <clears throat> yeah, Luciano's a guy, I've owned him all year as well. I've looked to get rid of him a few times and just sort of hasn't happened, mainly because of um, other issues to my 17. But he's a guy that I'm considering holding and maybe playing this week as well. Um, look, there's definitely better second rollers out there, but he is a pod. He does have upside um, yes, the Tigers have a tough run home, but look, if you can hold him as your 18th, 19th man, or probably 19th man, you'd say, um, for the run home, he's a pretty handy guy to have there when you consider guys like Tao Malolo have gone down, Appy Coruscant, you know, there's carnage everywhere. So, um, you know, you can do far worse than holding on to Luai and playing him this week if you need to. That's it. And just quickly, boys, I was at the game last week. Nofaluma, he only had, I think it was three or four runs in the first half. Tigers have this weird habit of coming out and just playing the middles for 20 or 30 minutes. I don't think it suits them at all, personally. I think they really need to find a balance. But Nofaluma and the outside edges weren't getting much ball. Then in the second half, I was counting, he had nine runs in the opening 10 minutes. I swear to God. Nine in 10 minutes. Like, mate, you're on track for 36 runs this half. (laughs) He just, like, he just got the shit. And he went in and said, just give me the footy. And they started using the ball more. So, mate, you'd be a very happy owner. It doesn't matter too much on his run because, as you say, his base and his tackle bus and offloads will generally get him up to 50-odd, even on a bad day. But, gee, how's it go, that guy? Spy, did you get a good seat at Leichhardt Oval? <clears throat> mate, I was very lucky to be the scoreboard attendant on the weekend. Um, 
Gee, it was cool. Obviously, the the ninth wonder of the world, Leichhardt Oval, and sitting <laughs> in the scoreboard out of the wind. And I tell you what, they talk about the old saying in sport, keeping the scoreboard attendant busy. The Roosters put on four tries in 10 minutes. I could not keep up. I just stick my <laughs> head outside just to make sure the score was right. <laughs> but, um, gee, it was, it was a good experience. So hopefully I might get to do it again next game. Yeah, what a gig. Uh, Storm v. Seagulls, Sunday, 4.05 p.m. at Sunshine Coast Stadium. At the Storm, plenty going on with Cam Smith, Cam Munster and Jerome Hughes making timely returns. How's that for a trio to come back into your side? Brandon Smith is out. Riley Jackson, Cooper Johns make way in the halves. Jesse Bromwich is also back after a one-game suspension, pushing Tino for Sewell Malawi to the bench. Kenny Bromwich is out with Tom Eisenhuth starting in the back row. Marion Seve comes in on the wing with Sandor Earl back to the bench and Albert Vette back to the reserves. <clears throat> At Manly, Tavita Funa swaps to fullback with Ruben Garrick on the wing and Jack Gazuski starting at centre, with Moses Sully out for the season with a foot injury. Marty Tapao starts with Taniela Paseca benched and Joel Thompson returning from a tongue injury in the back row, pushing Corey Waddell to the pine. <coughs> and I'm thinking out loud a little bit here, but looking at that side of the goals at centre, Funa being pushed to fullback um, when they've had injuries at fullback this season and he hasn't been a preference there. Um, this reeks of Albert Hopawade to come in, hopefully at fullback. Um, Manly may be looking to give him a run. So, again, thinking out loud might not happen, but um, don't be surprised to see Albert Hopawade come into that side somewhere, potentially at fullback. Uh, Cam Munster, massive inclusion. Um, after seeing Cody Walker go low for me last week, I'm very glad that I've got Munster, who I held on to, to play. Um, Des, who do you like in this contest? I don't like Manly, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> as a Manly fan, I'm, I'm really not looking forward to this one. I think um, the Storm with with those guys back will be an absolute force to be reckoned with after that loss to the Eels last week. I think Bellamy will have them fired up and I expect it to be a very, very tough day out for Manly. Um, the only real guys of Supercoach relevance in Manly are Jake Trebojevic and Sherry Evans. Um I think that they both have the ability to score well, even when Manly's not scoring points. Um, they both scored around 60 last week in the team that was hammered. But, yeah, I, I think the Storm will have a feast of points here, really. I think Munster could go absolutely enormous. I'm almost tempted to add him to my bowl predictions to go 130-plus. <laughs> we have another. Oh. Um, Spy, as Desi nailed the manly side on the head, you know, Jake Trebojevic, you know what you're going to get. Um, he's scoring well and he's a decent enough uh, option for Jason Taumalolo. Probably the only two main ones. And the main question in this, um, Melbourne have a pretty nice run home. Cam Munster and Cam Smith, they'd be must-haves at some point, wouldn't they? And as sooner rather than later. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I held Munster as well, so that's great news. Cam Smith, I'd love to bring him that this, back this weekend um, via dual position swap, so I'm about 10K short, so he'll have to wait one week, but I'm worried he'll tear up Manly. Short kicking game, passing around the ruck. I guess the only thing going for Manly this week is their forward pack's actually pretty strong. They've got Fanua Blake and Tapao starting, then they've got their starting back rowers, Jakey, and the bench is not too bad either. So if they're going to compete in this one, it's going to be in the forwards. So it'll be interesting to see if they can sort of stop the rot. But if it gets to a backline contest, gee, it's a mismatch having a look at those outside backs. Absolutely terrifying for Manly. Um, 
So, yeah, Smith and Munster as soon as possible, I think. Um, and just a quick shout-out to our draft team, the Supercoach playbook draft side that myself and Tim run. We own Munster, Hughes and Cam Smith. So that, that's three pretty, pretty big inclusions for the weekend because we need a win, mate. Yeah, we've been we've been winning games with the dud side and losing games with the, with a good side. So I'm not sure we want them back, but yeah, that's true. We, we might rest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, moving on to the final game of the round, we'll get through this one quickly because the spy's got to take off on us, and we want to hear his trades and captains afterwards. But it's the Raiders and the Bulldogs Sunday, six thirty p.m. at GOO Stadium at the Raiders. Josh Papali and Dinamis Louie and Lock Hudson Young returned to the starting side after coming off the bench last week. Joe Tapani and Ryan Sutton revert to the interchange with Corey Harawira and Naira out of the side. And 20-year-old centre Matthew Tomoko to debut from the bench. At the Dogs, Luke Thompson plus Jack Cogger, Remus Smith, Tim Lafai. Bench players Jake Avrilo, Suasso, who have all been left out of the side. <coughs> In their places, Lachlan Lewis is at halfback. Marcelo Montoya at centre. Dallin Wateni's Lesniak the wing. Dylan Napper is back from suspension at prop. Aiden Tolman at lock, Josh Jackson to an edge, Matt Dury reverts to the bench, Renoff to Imhaga and Dean Britt join the interchange. I could have saved a lot of time there and just skipped past it, but that is a lot of changes at the Dogs. Um, Spy, I'll get your quick thoughts on the Raiders, then I'll get Des on the Dogs. Um, at the Raiders, basically the only question I want to know there uh, is John Bateman, where does he sit in your pecking order? Because obviously a lot of people will be wondering with Jason Tamlolo in just, uh, injured whether he's a must-have. Uh, is he a must-have for you? He's not must-have, but he's pretty close. Um, as I said earlier, my thoughts were to bring Angus Crichton back in, and with Tamalolo going down, it was the perfect time to swap them. Um, my decision basically is with trades running low, do I get Bateman in? Because if I do, it'll make it a little bit trickier to get Crichton in as well because I won't want to use two trades to get to Crichton, if that makes sense. So I'll have a look at this and decide if I want to hold that trade, get an upside outside back, back like a Brett Morris or bring in Johnny Bateman because he's got a good run home. He'll be fired up to, to leave Australia on a high. So I think he's a very, very good option. His base is pretty good and his attacking upside is awesome. So I think I think he's a pretty good trade-in and there's every chance he could end up in my side this week. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Johnny Bateman. Uh, Josh Papali I brought in last week. It was something that I feared had happened and it, it's happened a couple of weeks in a row with the Raiders getting early leads. Um, Big Papa's got a couple of early spells. He did score well regardless or okay with about 53 points in 40 minutes, but with their run to come, I'm scared it's going to keep happening. Um, Desi, just one thought at the Dogs. Will Hopawide a serious pod or too much of a risk in that Dogs outfit? No, I really like him. I said last week, um, I think he's a buy, and he, I think he got what did he get, eighty five. So, yeah, you know, like even though the dogs aren't playing well, I, I still think Hopwadi is a serious buy. And I, I noticed the guy in first place actually copped Hopwadi's eighty five as an AE for SJ, which was an insanely good own. move. So props to him. But yeah, yeah. I, I think Hopwadi is the only one of any sort of serious note, <clears throat> super coach wise. Yeah, Hopper four games at fullback this year for scores of 85, 80, 56, and 71. Um, the bloke is a weapon, and he really is a decent trade-in option this week. Um, I would be waiting till next week to do it because I think the Raiders can shut him down, and the Dogs have a couple of nice matchups after that uh, against the Titans and Seagulls. So I'd be waiting till next week, but if you want to go this week, um, he can score well against uh, stronger opposition anyway. Uh, we'll quickly get the Spires trades, and then he can love us and leave us. Spy, what are you doing and who are your captain and vice-captain? 
Boys, at this stage, one trade's locked in. That's obviously Jason Tamalolo. He's got to go, given he's out for four-plus weeks. I'm just going to go straight to Ryan Madison. It's an absolute godsend of a trade, that one. I sort of – it was funny with Tamalolo because everyone owns him. Everyone who's up there sort of owns him, so it's not a lot of interest watching him. Now that he's out, it just adds a little bit of extra spark to the end of the season. What it does mean is that I'll hold on to Cam Murray, so hopefully he can get back to the middle and do his stuff. So Madison comes in, which is very exciting, and then I'm just going to leave the other trade up in the air for a few days, decide if I want to use it. Um, but at this stage, either Johnny Bateman or Brett Morris look two pretty juicy targets. And I think like even though he's struggled a little bit of late or been underwhelming by his high standards, Tedesco's going to be my skipper against Brisbane, the way they're conceding. Boyd Cordner back I think is huge for Teddy. He just attracts a lot more intention a lot more attention than, say, Tupanur on that left edge. He's just flat at the line, and he'll attract those extra guys. Look for Teddy to get a little bit of extra space on that left edge, and hopefully he can really hit peak form again heading into the business end of the season, boys. Yeah, I like it, mate. You've been good tonight, Spy. Cheers. <clears throat> Thanks, boys. Yeah, got to shoot off early tonight. Um also, I want to let the viewers and the listeners know that I don't only dream about footy, but unfortunately, it is about 75% of the time. So, um, <laughs> cheers, boys. Have a good weekend, and uh, we'll, we'll chat next week. Hope you've nailed at least one bowl prediction. Cheers, lads. Beauty spy. Desi, what trades are you eyeing off, mate? Um, I'm, I'm probably going to follow the spy with the uh, Tamalolo to Madison trade. It just makes sense. Um, there's no point not having him anymore. Um even though we spoke about he might be rested um, coming late into the season, I doubt it. I, I just think he's had a rest. Um, the only way that I can see him getting rested is if he gets concussed again, really. Um, and my second trade, I've been forced to trade out Fodawaker because I don't have a another gun front rower to replace him with because Haas is out as well. And I'm bringing in Tauke Aho. So, Foto oh, nice. and Lolo to Mato and Takeaho. And for so, vice-captain, I'm going Madison. Makes sense. And captain on Teddy, same as the spy. Yeah, nice, mate. So, yeah, two pretty false trades there. Takeaho is so interesting. Mate, if he's playing 80 minutes, he's a must-have. Um, they're just Trent Robbo playing silly buggers with his minutes. I, I don't know what he's going to do with him each week, whether he plays him 45 minutes, whether he plays him 80, but – um, good luck to you, and I can see the appeal in doing it, particularly with um, Paulo not scoring real well, Papa not scoring well. Um, outside of them, Clem is the only really enticing option, isn't he? Yeah, but he do- he just doesn't have the same upside as Takeaho, I don't think. Yeah, and if, if Takeaho does stay on that eighty minutes, he's he's just an absolute must. Even if he doesn't, if he's playing sixty sixty five, he still scores in the keeper range. So yeah, I'm happy enough with it. Like it. Uh, I'll be. I'm not. I'm pretty keen to go Orbison to Brett Morris, just a bit of a pod in the centre wing there. Um, and that stacks my centre wing with five guns for the run home. And I, with a bit of luck, won't have to worry about it anymore. Um, and then my second trade, I'm looking at Lolo to David Fafida, which I do like, and, and Fafida's still pretty low ownership. But um, the more I look into it now that teams have come out and the Storm have Munster back as, as well as Smith, I'm kind of thinking maybe that I could flip Lolo to Cam Smith um, via McInnes, which is pretty enticing. But it had cost me Brett Morris this week, who has that dream game against the Broncos. So a few things to work out. But uh, I'll tell you one thing. If I can jump into the top 20 after this week with four weeks to go, um, I'm going to be going pretty coy on my trades, I think, because if anyone up the top's listening, I don't want to <laughs> knowing. But I'll deal with that when we get to it. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and mate, I'm with you. Madison VC for me, and then Teddy Captain. Um, that game against the Broncos, I, I think he could go really, really big. Um, although I've said that about Ponga for a few weeks in a row now, and he hasn't, but I think Teddy's a lot safer than Ponga is. Let's jump into a few questions, Desi, and then we'll wrap it up. Starting with Adam Thompson. Hey, lads, been a huge fan all year. Unfortunately, you've never gotten to one of my questions. Apologies for that, mate. Certainly not intentional, but we'll we'll dig into a couple for the next few weeks. Adam asks, is it worth nothing out firmer to upgrade Funa to Hopawadi or enough firmer to Funa than upgrade Murray to Bateman? So basically, Hopawadi in or Murray to Bateman. His current centre wing is Yo, Noffa, Lomax and Sevo, so pretty damn strong. What would you do, Des? Yeah, I mean, the news that Firm is actually starting this week makes makes it tempting not to knock him because yeah. he's actually he's pretty bloody good when he plays 80 minutes and he, he only played 40 minutes last week. I was forced to play him actually and he, he still got 40 points. So, like, if he plays 80, you expect him to get an easy 60. Um, and he's attacking. He, he throws offloads. I think he had a cheeky little line break assist to Brimson. He seems like a decent player, but I guess if you have to knock him, I would probably go Funa to Hopawade, if I'm honest, instead of Murray to Bateman. Yeah, yeah I <clears throat> I think I'm with you. And look, now that Firm has been named, if he did want to hold on to him, um, I'm sure there's someone else in the squad that he can nuff. There, there'll be an option there somewhere. Um, and I think I'm with you. Murray to Bateman, I wouldn't call it sideways because I prefer to Bateman to Murray as a super coach player. Um, but it's sideways enough that, you know, you can get Hopawade in, you then have five gun center wings, um, and then you can really just pick and choose who you want to play each week. So, yeah, I think I'd be on the Hopawade train as well. Um, Daniel M. Harris asks, this is tough, go to Madison or Cam Smith first, Des? Um, yeah, that Ooh. is tough. Jeez. I, I think Madison. I, I just think he's more solid uh, they're averaging about the same, um, but I think Mato has slightly bigger upside playing on that edge. And yeah, but, but it is very tough. I can see why you'd want Cam Smith back. Yeah, it's interesting, and especially with Cam Smith with that game against the depleted Seagulls, just makes it so much harder this week. Um, Smith does have a break even of 126 at 727K, and then next week they play. Who have they got after that? I don't even know. Um, oh, so they play the Rabbitohs next week and then they come into a really easy run home. Yeah, look, I'd probably go Madison, save a bit of money on the Smith trade, hope he doesn't go too big this week. Yeah, I'd be narrowly going Madison as well. Um, Nick Moon does the weekly rap for us. He says, boys, love the show, but the weekly raps are my favourite. Rap yourself, mate. Question, do I move on Malolo and Paulo for Madison and Morris? Or do I use this round to cash in on the hammer and Avarillo and bring in a gun for the run home with enough? Oof. Um, he's got to go the guns, doesn't he? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. I, I don't think, yeah. He might, he'd be asking uh, more as a, probably more as a head-to-head question, I suppose, thinking he can cash in and, and have all that money to play with next week. Yeah, I mean, it depends how many trades he has <laughs> left, but I think yeah. – I think Lolo and Paulo have to go. Paulo, I thought he'd be so good, but he's just he's not getting the minutes. And he needs those minutes to offload. So I'd I'd probably go Mato and Morrison. He's been down to about an average of I think forty eight or forty nine minutes the last three weeks, Paulo. So he's really hitting the skid. So yeah, 
if you can go Madison and Morris, I'd be getting them two for sure. And Mooney's going pretty well overall as well. So he's sort of in the hunt for a top 1,000 finish. So, you know, why not kill two birds with one stone, set yourself up for head-to-head and have a dig at the overall. So run with that. Uh, Pablo Bill, love the show, gents. After a long death ride, enjoyable since round 10, looking to go Ponga to Teddy. Other four, oh, that must have been a tough streak for him, but funnily enough, it's actually paid off for him the last month. His other fullback is Dylan Podwoods, like that, who I'd possibly trade to Ponga in a couple of weeks. Or does he hold Ponga and go Edwards to Teddy? So basically, Ponga or Edwards to Teddy, Des? Um, I'd probably go Edwards to Teddy, wouldn't you? I mean, Ponga's still a second-best fullback. I can see why, yeah. I mean, it depends where he's ranked. I can see why he does have Dylan Edwards there. It is a pod move. I've got RTS myself, so I know I know the feeling. You don't really want to move your pods on, but some guys are just you can't sell, and I th- I think Pong is one of those guys. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. I'll be I'll be um, holding on to Pong and going Edwards out for sure. Uh, Callan Bra asks ooh, another tough one: Bateman or McInnes? What do you reckon? Oofed. Um that really is like toss a coin, but I think Bayman. I think Bayman's got slightly better upside than McInnes. Um, McInnes hasn't really, he hasn't scored any tries lately, and Bayman's looking in the hunt every week, so I'd probably go Bayman. Yeah, I think you just look at the upside a little bit there and you go, McInnes definitely has better base. You know, McInnes will probably base um, and finish up on 70 odd each week, potentially 80. Bateman around his base is more than probably 60 towards 70. Um, but Bateman can just go so big so easily. He's that good in attack, whereas McInnes, um, as you said, the attacking stats don't really come for him. He occasionally jarred the odd simple enough try assist at hooker, but they don't come too often. Um, so, yeah, I think Bateman for sure and a bit more of a pod than McInnes as well. Uh, last one to wrap it up from Matthew Heaton. Who's better as a fifth centre wing to play on matchups, Sevo or Toto? Toto is 100K more, but he's way less owned. Who would you pick, Des? I'd go Toa, to be honest. I think Penrith are just in scintillating form um, and he's so playable on matchups. Even not on matchups, I'd, I'd probably play him every week um, considering how well Penrith are playing. And Sivo's capable of getting those 10s and 15s that the Spy hates so much. So I think Toa's base is like 30 to 40 from what I remember last year. So I think he's probably better, worth yeah. 100k more. They're both excellent options as a fifth centre wing for the run home, um, so I really like them. Um, and just now that the spy has taken off, because uh, he, he mentioned about it earlier, but just one last question, because I think a few people may be looking in this direction based on the amount of interest in Toto. Luke Johnson, Kuma boy himself, asks, is Nofaluma to Toto too much, or would it make for an all-Panthers It would make for an all-Panthers centre wing? Currently has Yo, Mantor and Crichton plus Lomax, the downgrade would make money for Lolo to Smith. So the part of that I want to focus on is not so much the trade of Nofo to Toto, but for in general people asking, Yo, Mansour, Crichton and Toto at centre wing, is that too much, mate? I don't think so. Uh, I've spoke about it actually last week on the subscriber podcast. I think you can run with all four because they are spreading their points so evenly across the back line. I mean, Yeo... He does what he does. Mansour and Crichton on the same edge is the one that's the main issue, I think. But they've shown that they can spread the points between them and both score big in the same game. So I have no issue with it, really. Yeah, I'm with you in that I don't have an issue with playing them and and having them running as your four centre wings because they spread it so well. 
the only area of concern I can see is that resting scenario that we talked about. And if the Panthers are locked into one or two and um, they want to give some other blokes some game time, uh, you know, young. But when you have low max, when you have low max in the reserves, yeah, I think it's fine. So. That's a good shout, mate. Yeah. yeah. Imagine, imagine bringing low max in as your fifth centre wing. That's fair dinkum. You're doing all right. All right. Cheers, Desi. You've been good, mate. Yeah. Cheers, boys. I mean, well, right, cheers, Timmy. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, boys. Cheers, you. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.